How we doing? We are less than 48 hours away from kickoff in Baltimore. The Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. Welcome to the Bearcast Media Bengals preview show. I'm filling in as host today for Justin Cashman, Alex Frank alongside Preston Stober. Preston, we've made it through one quarter of the season. We're at the doorstep of week five. The Bengals and the Ravens, a crucial AFC North matchup. This is the second division game for the Bengals. They are 0-1 currently in division play, and the importance of this game cannot be stated enough. Absolutely. I mean, this is a game that nobody really expects the Bengals to win. Um, and, it, it, I mean, this is a game where the Bengals can go out and absolutely prove themselves, absolutely show everybody that this team is, is legit and this franchise is turning around. And so... On the outside looking in, yeah, for somebody that's not a fan of the Bengals or, or the Ravens and doesn't really have a say in this game, yeah, this is a game you look at and you say, oh, they're probably just going to blow them out. It's going to be no, no contest. But when you start looking at this game more, I think you can really tell that this is going to be a good game. And this is a game where the Bengals are going to show up motivated, especially after coming off a win. And anything can happen, really, in this game. A lot of momentum the Bengals have coming off a 33-25 win over Jacksonville. The Bengals and the Ravens last year, of course, played twice. The Ravens. Winning the first game 23-17. Don't let the score fool you. It was much bigger than that based on what the play looked like on the field. And then the second game, the Ravens came in here and blitzkrieged the Bengals 49-13. to um, Had the Bengals not scored that field goal, it would have been the largest loss in franchise history. So just something to point out there. But as, we, as you mentioned, Preston, the Bengals are much better this year going into this <clears throat> game against the Ravens despite... The Ravens, who we think they are, being this lethal team and this transcendent team ushering a new era in the NFL. I'm going to say this. The Ravens are very, very beatable. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. I mean, yeah, Kansas City has beaten them three times in the last three years. The only other team to have gotten the best of Lamar Jackson in the regular season is the Browns. And the only other team that's gotten the best of him in the playoffs are the Titans and the Chargers. This team does not lose much, but there is a way to beat this team. Absolutely. And, I mean, we're talking about, when we talk about the Chiefs, I mean, that's probably the best team in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're, they're a great team. Um, but when the Ravens played the Chiefs, I mean, they showed problems. They showed that they were not a perfect team. I mean, this was it, it, was, a, it was a decent game, but, I mean, it wasn't as close as I think we all thought it was, or at least I thought it was. I thought it would be a much, much closer game. Um, so I think the Ravens showed there that they are not just this superpower. They're a, they're a great team, don't get me wrong. But they are very beatable, very beatable. And they showed they have some holes. I think that the Bengals can take advantage of that in, in, a, in a lot of ways on Sunday. And let's talk about the holes that the Ravens possess. We, I, I watched the Monday night game against Kansas City leading up to this show. I watched it back. And, obvi and it, was a, it was a really interesting game because the Ravens' defense— and that has always been the trademark of their organization, was just gashed all over the field. Clyde Edwards-Elair running the football. Patrick Mahomes, I, I should have started with him, being that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes went 31-42 of for 385 yards and four touchdowns. And oh, by the way, he also added a rushing touchdown to that. And they just, I mean, to watch that game just, you know. Now, there are things Patrick Mahomes can do that a lot of quarterbacks in this league cannot do. But to, but to just watch them neutralize their pass rush and just get in their secondary and 
You know, the, re the, the receivers just absolutely burn their cornerbacks. And these, are, these aren't scrubs that are playing cornerback for the Ravens. These are uh, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, two of the best corners in the NFL. This secondary for the Ravens is very, very solid, as is their entire defense. But you can, you, you can beat their defense with an offense like Kansas City. And we talked about the Bengals on Monday and the fact that this, this offense has the potential to be lethal. Now, I, don't, I mean, you, you mentioned that, Preston. I don't know if it'll be as lethal as Kansas City. Keep in mind, Kansas City, I mean, they have a special quarterback and a special head coach in Andy Reid. Now, the, now, I'm not saying Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor can't be what Mahomes and Andy Reid are. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is this can be a great offense. They have the receivers to be a great offense, and you can neutralize the Ravens' pass rush with the quick passing game with the ability to run the football, and you have that in Joe Mixon. If the Chiefs can do it with Edwards Elaire, who's more of this, who's more of this um, more stout running back, not really as you know, tall and um, he, he's a different back than Joe Mixon. He's more of this outside the tackles guy. Joe Mixon, this guy that can run at the gut straight through the beef, slice through it. The, there are ways you can beat this Ravens defense. Absolutely, and I think you talked about it a little there, and something I think the Bengals have done very well since maybe week one. I can't remember exactly if they did it very well in the Browns game, but they have gotten Joe Burrow into the game early with short passes, ones that it's easy to complete, kind of got him get going, and I see. I think that's something that this week they definitely need to take care of. And you said, I mean, well, the offensive line is going to be important this week, and if the defensive pass rush is in there, I mean, I think those short passes at the beginning of the game are going to be very important one to get joe burrow going and two just to start picking away at this defense um kind of break it apart early in the game is i think that's something that's going to be very important and i do think that joe mixon is going to be very he's going to he's going to play a big role in this game because as well as the offensive line is going to play joe burrow is going to get pressured a lot in this game we can't rely just on the pass and we saw last week that when the Bengals are able to have this dual threat offense that they are, they they can be very deadly and on the offensive on the offensive side. So I think that if Joe Mixon can really get intertwined in this game, I think that that's that's a big help for Joe Burrow for the offense. Um, if he can, you know, hit it up the gut a little bit, if he can bust it outside, just really if he if he can have his way, I think that 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 that'd be huge. Three hundred passing yards for Joe Burrow <clears throat> last week became the first NFL rookie quarterback in NFL history. That's still I still don't believe that. But it's true. Uh, first, NF first rookie NFL quarterback in league history to throw for 300 yards in two straight games. The Bengals also rushed for over 200 yards. So 500 yards of offense. This dual threat offense press that you talk about is going to be essential not only in this game, but for the remainder of the season. I'm thinking about who the Bengals have coming up on their schedule. The Ravens on Sunday, the Colts the following Sunday. We know the Colts, the Colts defense ranks first in virtually every single statistical category on the defensive side. And then the Browns, their defense is not very good, but hey, they still have Miles Garrett, who's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. The Titans in week eight, they have, you know, a very <clears> similar <throat> defense to the Ravens. Dean Pease, their defensive coordinator coming over. I'm sorry, he's not their defense coordinator, is it? Uh yes, he is my bad. Um coming over from Baltimore. So lost my train of thought there. I'm trying to think about so the Ravens defensive the Ravens defensive line, you mentioned Preston, they're gonna they're gonna pressure Joe Burrow. Oh, they will. You know Don Martindale, their defensive coordinator. He's going to just basically say, all right, tee off. Against this offensive line, they will come after Joe Burrow, especially on the ends. 
Matthew Judon is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He is so good. You know, he's got all these moves that he can use. He can come from the edge. He can come inside. He can simply get after the quarterback. And then you think about the other end that they have, Calais Campbell. The guy is six foot eight. I mean, that's hard for any lineman to block. It's hard for any lineman to prevent him from getting, from getting his hands up and batting down a pass. Now, the good news is <clears throat> we're not going to see Andy Dalton have five passes batted down the line of scrimmage because Andy Dalton is only six feet tall. Joe Burrow being six foot three, that makes it a little bit that makes it a little bit more manageable to get those swing passes, those underneath passes, crossing routes, whatever it may be. So. The offensive line is the absolute key to this game. I'm going to come out and say it right now. They are the absolute key to this game. I couldn't agree with you more there. And also somebody, the the Ravens' leading tackler, Patrick Queen, I mean, he's one year ago, he's playing with Joe Burrow, making a national championship run. He knows all about Joe Burrow. And you're telling me that a guy that won the national championship that is as competitive as Patrick Patrick Queen is not going to want to get after his old teammate and you know in, the, in their first NFL matchup. I think that he's going to want to have a big game and he's he's somebody that could really have an impact on this defense. Uh, so Patrick Queen is definitely somebody to look out for there. And then you talk about the offensive line and I completely agree. Um, I mean I think the offensive line you could you could make an argument for the offensive line being the most impactful um, any week, but this week I think it really stands out because this is a defense. That is, and you you touched you, we talked about it earlier this week. This is a defense that is very scrappy for the ball. They love to get after the ball, and if you can attack that and get past that, that's some. If if you can contain their defensive line and let Joe Burrow make good decisions, not rush decisions, that's really going to lessen that effect. And I think that uh, the, so yeah, the offensive line is just going to be huge. Well, you mentioned if you get past their defensive line, but here's the problem, like. I watched I watched Marlon Humphrey last year have back-to-back games with a takeaway. I watched Marcus Peters have a pick six against the Bengals last year. I think he had another pick six during the season. Um, Eric, they do lose um, Earl Thomas, which might honestly be better for their yeah, defense. I would say it'd be better. Considering that he's just a headache, or has become that rather to play with. It's a shame <clears> because it's it's. It, I'm just gonna say this right now. It's a shame. What's happened to Earl Thomas? Because he might have been the best safety in the NFL. At a time, absolutely. When he was with Seattle and that secondary was the Legion of Boom, he, I always said he was their most important defensive player. Did I, say, I, I, said, I said something. He was either the most valuable, most important, maybe even the best player, and he, one of the best safeties in the game. Injuries have, have riddled his production for years, and now he's just become this headache, but Why? He was in a great position with that defense on a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and you throw it all away. But anyway, this secondary is is very very good of just being opportunistic, looking to just rip the ball out. You look. I remember there was a play that Washington ran last week, and the Ravens played Washington last week, and I wasn't overly impressed with their performance. I watched some tape from that game leading up to the show today. And, like, Lamar can't hit 20-yard passes. They, their run game was fine, as it always is. Um, 27 straight games, over 100 yards rushing. That's pretty hard to do. Um, but the one, th- the one thing that stood out to me was there was a play. They Washington runs a swing pass to either J.D. McKissick or Antonio Gibson, their running back. And Marlon Humphrey, doesn't instead of just trying to tackle the guy, manages to punch the ball out. 
And what that tells you is this Ravens defense, they're looking to take the ball away from you. They're actually looking to tackle you. They're looking to take the ball away from you. They now have 17 straight games with at least one takeaway. They lead the NFL in points off turnovers. So this is a very opportunistic team. And not only their secondary, their linebackers. Tyus Bowser, LJ Fort, Patrick Queen, as you mentioned. If you don't think Patrick Queen's going to be sky high for this game, get out of here. I mean, you, you remember him. You're a big LSU mm-hmm. fan, Preston. Yeah. He's going to be ready to play, right? And I don't know how much you, you knew of this last year, but he and Joe Burrow would go at it in practice last year. Now, the reports were that, you know, it, was, it got heated, but it was just a friendly competitive battle between the two guys. They ultimately were the reason. Patrick Queen ended up making a huge ascension in the national championship game. And he rode that to a first-round draft pick. That, that, that's such a typical Ravens draft pick. You're going to get a linebacker like Patrick Queen, who can play in coverage, but he's also not afraid to get after the quarterback. He has a nose for the football. He can stop the run, too. Absolutely. I mean, that is that he's, he fits this defense so well, being opportunistic, flying around the ball. And, I mean, Joe Burrow has, has had a good season taking care of the football. He had an interception last week that we talked about. We thought wasn't really on him. We'd like to see Drew Sample come down with that ball. I think it was it was week one. He had was his last interception before that, I believe. Correct. So I mean, he's just have to he's he's going to have to really be careful taking care of the ball this week. And Joe Mixon, I mean, he had that fumble. Uh, that was that in the Browns game. He had, he had a fumble, fumble in the Chargers game. Chargers game, he had a fumble. Yeah, Burrow fumbled game. against the Browns. It was one. It was yeah, one of the two. But um, he he has to also take care of the ball this week. I mean, I think if you let the Ravens be opportunistic and get the ball and get the ball right back to Lamar Jackson and that deadly offense, then you're going to have problems. I mean, you're going to have problems if you, if you can't take care of the football and you can't get down the field or just keep their offense off the field as much as you can. And if you let their defense take over the turnover battle, then we're going to have a long, long game. You're exactly right. I mean, this game, this game comes down to one thing, that's ball security and the winning the turnover battle. How many times was that a key? It's always been that way when the Bengals have faced the Ravens. Going back to when Marvin Lewis here. Marvin Lewis had success against the Ravens. When Andy Dalton didn't turn the ball over, when he, when he didn't throw interceptions, the Bengals, the Bengals more, more often than not, won the game. And, like, I remember he had four intercept. Andy threw four interceptions in the season opener in 2017. That's not going to win you a game against the Ravens. They'll cash in easily. And that's with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Um... The season finale, they they didn't, you know, they didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. They, I think there was one turnover, but they still, they, 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 they took care of the football. You have to do that in this game. Especially if you give the Ravens a short field, what do you think they're, they're going to do? They're, they're, they're going to run the football straight down your throats. Yeah, here's, here's the thing this week, I think, is that you can, you can hope to contain the Ravens' offense, but you're not going to stop the Ravens' offense. Lamar Jackson will get his. That offense will get theirs. You just have to hope to contain them. You have to, this defense will have to play good this week. They cannot let Lamar Jackson just go crazy. But Lamar Jackson is still going to get his in a way. So for that reason, the offense really has it. They have to really take care of the ball this week. They have to get theirs as well. And I looked at it. Joe Mixon does just have one fumble this year. It was the only fumble that the Bengals have lost this season. But... The Bengals, Wait, the, is the that offense. The only, that's the only fumble they've lost. Yeah, Joe Burrow's fumbled twice. They haven't lost either of them though. I thought they had a fumble against the Browns that went the Browns' way, and they scored off of that. I could be wrong, but I. They, they might. ESPN says three fumbles, uh, one loss for the team. Yeah. Yep. Joe Burrow just has mm. two, and Joe Mixon has one. They they could be wrong, but anyways, I, um, that doesn't seem right to me. 
I, f- I felt like there was a fumble in the Chargers game. And there was a fumble in the, the Chargers. There was a fumble game. in the Chargers game late, and then in the Browns game, after we held them on fourth and goal at the first possession of the second half, Joe Burrow, Miles Garrett comes in, strips him, and the Browns recover a fumble. I think th- I think we've lost two. Yeah, that does. Yeah, I thought Joe Burrow lost because then the Browns scored, go up by fifteen. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. that. Joe Burrow definitely lost the fumble at that point. So yeah, that must be wrong. But um, anyways, uh. Yeah, the Bengals are going to have to take care of the football. Whether it's whether it's one from board or two, they're really going to have to take care of the football. Um, and the Bengals, the offense is really going to have to um, keep the keep the Ravens' offense off the field. They're going to have to go down there. They're going to have to score some points this week. The Bengals' offense is going to have to score some points. No question. But you ha- I mean, yeah, you have to score points. No longer is it, you know, you can win a 17-14 game against the Ravens. No, if you're going to beat the Ravens, you got to score points. Think about the teams who have beaten the Ravens over the years. Kansas City, 27. Uh, L.A. scored 23. That's a little bit lower, but they their defense was amazing for most of that game in the playoffs two years ago. Kansas City thirty three and thirty. Um, uh, what was it? Thirty. I always seem to forget thirty four in uh, their win over the Ravens earlier this season. Uh, Cleveland had forty against them last year. Tennessee had twenty eight. So you're seeing. How your offense, you, you have to score points some way, somehow. What the Ravens are good at doing is they're good at playing complementary football. Their defense pressures the quarterback, stops the run, sticks true to their fundamentals, and then they'll force turnovers to give their offense the short field. But here's, here's another thing, too. This is why the Ravens are such a good team, because they're so good in so many facets of the game, even special teams, with uh, Devin Duvernay, their kick returner. I told you yesterday, Preston... If you're Randy Bullock, kick it out of the end zone every time. Absolutely, he I mean, will make you pay, Duvernay. Uh, he's he's a speedster, and I remember I was watch. I remember watching him last year at uh, Texas, especially when LSU was playing Texas. I mean, he can really at any time break away, and especially in an offense. Um, and we talked about it. This receiving core is nothing too special. Um, Mark Andrews, obviously a great receiver. Um, Hollywood Brown, really up and comer. But other than that, this this is is not a deadly receiving core. Um, but they also have extreme athletes. Hollywood Brown, I talked about. Willie Sneed. I mean, this is a this is a, um, Dobbins as, coming out of the backfield gets a lot of receptions. This is a team that this is this is a receiving core that at any moment can can just explode. Um, and especially with Lamar Jackson, he's not the greatest passer, but Lamar Jackson can really go to get on a roll at any time, and that's something that you really got to be weary of if you're the Bengals defense. All right, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. This is going to take up some a good chunk of the show because. Look, we can talk about how the Bengals are going to win this game. We've already touched on it. Take care of the football. Um, the offensive line has to keep the Ravens' defensive line somehow contained. That's always been a key. However, the story of this game, whenever we, when, whenever the Bengals now face the Ravens, it is Lamar Jackson. Now, let's let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Rainy NFL MVP. He is a really good quarterback. I'm not saying he's not a really good quarterback. But I don't think he's this transcending god that he's made out to be by some pundits, uh, whoever hypes him up as this next great quarterback. Here's the here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. He is not a great passing quarterback. He is not Patrick Mahomes. He he's not even Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, or any other great throwing Dan Marino, Brett Favre. He's not that quarterback. You know who he is? He is 
Vis Jenner, he is the next generation's Michael Vick. That's who Lamar Jackson is. How many, let me ask you a question, Preston. I, I, I want to test your knowledge here, offhand. How many games do you think, and Lamar Jackson has made seven, uh, let me think about this, seven, 15, four, so 26 career starts in the regular season. And if you count the postseason too, so 28. In 28 starts, how many 300-yard passing games does Lamar Jackson have in his career? I'm going to go, just, just toss it out there, I'm going to go with eight. You're not even close. Three. Closer. Go down one more. Two. Two. <laughs> you said it. Two. Two. And this NFL still relies on being able to throw. I'm sorry. Look at Russell Wilson. That man throw for 300, throws for 300 yards a game. Lamar Jackson doesn't throw for 300 yards a game. He's lucky if he hits 200. Don't let the don't don't let don't let the don't let his play on the field fool you. It is very one-dimensional. The Ravens are a run are a run first team, which is fine. They now have a quarterback who makes that so much more lethal. One of the greatest moves in the recent history of the NFL, one of the greatest coaching roster moves, personnel moves, is John Harbaugh making a franchise-altering decision by starting Lamar Jackson. And not only doing that in the regular season, but in the postseason. Not even flinching. Not even second-guessing. To put Joe Flacco into that playoff game against the Chargers when Lamar Jackson was struggling. That right there in a loss set the tone for the future of the franchise. And so far, it has paid off. I am not saying it has not. However... If Lamar Jackson can't start throwing for at least 250 a game and, and hit 300 maybe five to seven times a year, not one time a year, the Ravens will never win the Super Bowl. I, I'm not, and I'm making bold statements right now, but that is the truth. I mean, I absolutely agree. I do not think in today's NFL you will be able to win the Super Bowl unless you have a passing game. And... Not saying the Ravens don't have any passing game whatsoever, but it's not it's not to where the passing games that have won the Super Bowl have been in the past. And this week, I think that our defensive ends are going to have a huge week. They're, they're, on the defensive line, that is going to be very important between Hubbard, uh, Lawson, and Dunlap. Because you have to make, if Lamar Jackson drops back, you have to make him throw the ball or, or go down. Because if he gets out around the edge and he's running all over the field, then you have problems. If he can really open up the um, defensive line, if he can really open up the defense, Lamar Jackson will be, be extremely dangerous. But these defensive ends have to contain him. No question. Not only the defensive ends, but your whole defense. Like you, you have to play man coverage down the field, and then you have to have you know a linebacker spy on him you have to be able to, you know, seal the edge. Make him throw the football. That's what you have to do. You have to make Lamar Jackson throw the football or you can't let him take the edge. He will he will destroy you. If he runs up the middle, hit him and hit him hard. The, see, 
you think, oh my gosh, how do you defend this offense? Dan Orlovsky on ESPN kept calling it indefensible last year. It's not indefensible. It's, it's containable for sure, and it's not indefensible. You can shut Lamar Jackson down. He didn't have a great game against Kansas City. Don't let, don't let the numbers fool you. The Ravens scored, how many touchdowns in that game? Three? Okay. Um, did they score three? No, I'm sorry, they scored two. And one of them was a kick return for a touchdown. That offense mustered 10 points against, against the Chiefs. 10. They also only mustered 26 against the Texans because they had a uh, pick, they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And they only scored two offensive touchdowns in that game. Their only great game offensively, I can say, came against the Browns when they won that game 38-6. And some of those were because they had short fields. Is this offense really that great? I think that this offense, it, I mean, it's, I think it's a good offense, but I think that it feeds a lot off the defense. If the, I think if this offense had a subpar defense, they would be nowhere near where they are now. I think that this defense being as scrappy and as ball hawking as we talked about helps the Ravens so much. And I think that, um, the, I mean, it's a, it's a great offense, don't get me wrong, but it's not indefensible, as Dan Orlovsky would have said. I completely disagree with that statement. I think that any defense, any offense is defensible at some point. Um, and when you don't have a pass game like the Ravens have, don't have, um, it, it's, it, it, it is defensible, completely defensible. They are not one-dimensional, but they are definitely not completely two-dimensional. They're somewhere in between there. They have an amazing run game, and their pass game is just a little bit lacking in some areas. They have great weapons in some ways with Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, but they, aren't, you can't, they can't just rely on their pass game like some teams can do. And I think that is where you can really take advantage of them. You absolutely can. And I'm trying to find Lamar Jackson's passing numbers from uh, 2019. Just to, um, oh, here we go. Uh, so we go to Lamar Jackson's numbers from 2019. They, well, that's not it. Um, okay. Some of the numbers that Lamar Jackson has from last year's season. MVP season, passing yards, 161, 143, 163, 169, 105, 145. Don't let, see, uh, some of like the completion totals, 9 of 20 against Seattle. Look, they, what we're, what we're trying to say here is the Ravens run game and their defense sort of masks the deficiencies that Lamar Jackson has. I understand, and this is why I think the Ravens coaching staff and John Harbaugh is one of the best coaching staffs and head coaches in the league. The problem is they catered so much to Lamar Jackson's strengths when it's so one-dimensional. And this was always the problem at Louisville. He was never a great thrower. He could never throw to the perimeter. He can only throw straight down the field. And the problem is he's not even great at doing that. How many times this season have, we, have I seen... Uh, him trying to hit Marquise Brown on a deep route. It doesn't always work. Everything the Ravens do is built off of their ability to run the football. If you shut down their run game, they go into panic mode and they will pass the ball 50 times a game. That's not their forte. 
They are so one-dimensional, and if you and if you stop what their what their strength is, it, it's hard to do. But if you can, you more likely than not will win the game. Absolutely, absolutely. And Lamar Jackson is such a world-class athlete that he he doesn't need to be a great passer. I mean, it would help him exponentially if he was a great passer. But him being such an incredible runner really kind of, like you said, masks his slight inability to pass at some points. I mean, and I think that's something that will hurt this Ravens team down the stretch. I think that's something that you saw hurt them against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs did take advantage of that. And that's something that really helped the Chiefs win the game. Now, it's, it's hard to do to stop this run game. I mean, you got Mark Ingram, you got J.K. Dobbins, obviously Lamar Jackson. And then, I mean, you, like we said, you have athletes outside. They don't have a great pass game, but they have athletes. Um, this is a, this is a, is a run game that's going to be incredibly hard to stop. Incredibly hard to stop. I mean, I'm not going to underplay that. Is it easy to say, stop the run game, you can win this game pretty easily? Yes, it's easy to say that, but is it easy to do? Absolutely not. It's going to be very tough to do. No, no question about it. But here's the thing, like... I feel like the Ravens, you know, they're not letting Lamar Jackson develop. Let him see if he can sling the ball down the field. Now, then again, the one game where he did throw for 300 yards last year in the regular season was at Miami, threw for five touchdowns. Well, that's almost one-sixth of his total touchdowns for the season. I mean, he threw for 36. He had three games last year with five touchdown passes or more. That's fine. But even in, the, even in those other games, he only threw for 169 against... The Rams on Monday Night Football. You can say, "Oh, that's, that was that was his, you know, signature MVP game." Okay. You also have to remember the Ravens ran the heck out of the football in that game with Mark Ingram. He only had eight rush attempts in that game, and he only attempted twenty passes. And then against the Jets, he was fifteen of twenty-three for two hundred and twelve. He had eight carries in that game. You know, Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's this transcendent. And what I mean by transcendent is changing the game. No, this. Now, if he ends up being that, then I'll leave my words. But right now, there's still that worry that he could be a one-year wonder. When he faces defenses that can load the box and make it difficult to run the football, Tennessee, Kansas City, LA, that's a bad, bad omen. Even the Browns, last year's numbers against the Browns, 24-34, 247, three touchdowns, two picks, nine carries, 66 yards. I mean, those are Lamar Jackson's going to pile up stats. That's what he's good at. But he's not good at just you know making those making those big time plays that separates in, in crucial games, I should say, in playoff games that separates the great quarterbacks from the really good quarterbacks. Think about this, Preston. We talk about you know giving quarterbacks the playbook. Um, okay, so do defenses still win championships? No. The only exception is Bill Belichick. When he has two weeks to prepare for a Sean McVay offense, who's what they did, play action, you know, stop the run, a banged up running back. That, that game was that game was made for Bill Belichick to limit the Rams offense to what they limited them to. Three points in that game. That was an offense that put up 54 points two months or three months prior on Monday Night Football. I'm just gonna say that right now. You know, but we look at even the Atlanta game. Atlanta's defense was Phenomenal that game, but eventually with a great quarterback, you can wear them down. Tom Brady threw for 461 yards in that game. Then, the next year, Philadelphia, back at quarterback, they gave Nick Foles the playbook, and he torched the Patriots' defense. 350-plus in the NFC Championship game, 350-plus in the Super Bowl. 
That's a backup quarterback I'm talking about, no less. Um, even And even as great defenses like Seattle and Denver have won championships, think about the premier quarterbacks, Preston, that won Super Bowls. It's going back to like 2000, eh, maybe 2002. Uh, Brady's won six. Whatever that is. Ben Roethlisberger won two. Drew Brees. Peyton Manning won two. Eli Manning won two. Aaron Rodgers. That, those are the kinds of quarterbacks that win Super Bowls. And what are, the, what are those great quarterbacks doing? Passing from the pocket. You have to let Lamar develop. The NFL, look, look Russell Wilson can, you know, run whatever. The Seahawks let him develop in year four, and now he's a perennial MVP candidate. Lamar Jackson won MVP last year because if you take him away, the Ravens may not be, may not have been 14-2, but I still think you can plug in any quarterback in this offense, as we saw with Joe Flacco, and the Ravens are still a playoff team, strictly because they run the football and they stop the run on defense and they get after the quarterback. They do everything fundamentally correct, but they're not, I don't think they're as, this, they're this flashy team, transcendent team that people make them out as. Kansas City, as Lamar Jackson says, is their kryptonite for a reason. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's tough to tell with Lamar Jackson because he's he's this new quarterback on a great team. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I feel like anybody would be good with this team. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. I'm not arguing that, but it's tough to tell just how great he is. Is he just a great athlete that you know can maybe throw the ball some and just has some great athletes around him? Or is he really just a, a really amazing quarterback? It's really tough to tell just because of how good this Ram- this Ravens team is. Um, sorry, but that I think will be answered here in the next year or two. We will find out just how good Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team truly is. If they're going to stay around and this style of offensive play is going to stick, or if it will wear off like some of the other fads in the NFL have. Um, but for the time being. It's it's still it's just this is still a lethal offense. I mean, this is still something that really you need to you need if you're a defense preparing for them, you need to 100% show respect to the run. I mean, that is just a a tough a tough run game. Um, and it, but honestly, if I'm being honest here, I don't know if I would like my team to have that style of play, that style of just run the ball, don't have a whole lot of trust in the pass game because as we talked about the soup the teams that win Super Bowls can pass the ball and the Ravens can because of athletes but they can't religiously pass the ball they can't move the ball down the field just passing very like uh, continuously and that's something that I think will hurt them you um, saw in the fourth quarter last year in the Super Bowl Kansas City went to the air and they won the game off that we did Mahomes on third and 15 unloaded a Tyreek Hill and then on the fi- and then on their next offensive possession hits Sammy Watkins down the sideline two plays two passes that went 20 plus yards and go ahead yeah I mean it's just it, I think that's something that the Ravens can't do as well now they'll be able to have explosive plays but I just don't think it's something that they can do as well and obviously when the season is winding down you have a quarterback that has taken this so many hits from running and these running backs, they run so much. I mean, they do have a, they have three good running backs. I didn't mention Gus uh, Edwards earlier. Um, so they, they kind of have a, a, a triple load that they can, you know, they don't, they don't have to take as many hits. But at the end of a year, when you rely on the run that much, especially with your quarterback, I mean, it's tough to, I, I can't really see how that doesn't, how that wouldn't wear 
on your quarterback at the end of a season. Say what you want about Joe Flacco. The reason why the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012 was because he was terrific as a passing quarterback. I think he had 11 touchdowns and like no interceptions in that in that playoff run. And and there were no scrub teams that Joe Flacco and the Ravens beat. They beat the Colts in the wild card round. Yeah, the Colts were a young team led by a rookie quarterback. They beat the Broncos and they had a great defense, Denver did. Uh, in 2012, they beat the Patriots, no words needed there, and then they beat the 49ers, who had a terrific defense. And Joe Flacco just basically on his way to a Super Bowl MVP. So, if I mean Lamar Jackson is different than Joe Flacco because he's more dynamic, but you have to let him throw the football. Now he did complete 66% of his passes last year, um, and there was only. He had a 51.16 against um, Kansas City. Not great. 45 against the Seahawks. Other than that, 85, 64, 70, 67, 63, 73, 88 against the Bengals, 70, 75, 60. You know, his completion percentage is not is not bad at all. It's really good, actually. But at the same time, the number of passes that he throws, I mean, there was one, two, three, four, five. Five games last year where he attempted 30 or more passes. And on and you can say, you know, running the football, you know, if you're able to run the football, that takes care of a lot of things, yes. But they're so timid with Lamar Jackson. And he came out and talked about, you know, the lack of passing. The Ravens rank in the bottom half of the, of the league, towards the bottom in the league, excuse me, in passing. And if you have your quarterback coming out there and saying that he's frustrated, and, you know, the talk this week, I, I, I listened to his uh, weekly press conference, you know, the connection with Marquise Brown's not there. The Ravens are so good, and yet they can get better. That's a scary thing. It's a double-edged sword. They're so good, but you can beat them, but yet they can also get better. You hope the former that I just said happens on Sunday, and the Bengals have an opportunity to win the game. Absolutely. I mean, and you look at Lamar, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, for example, and now the Bengals have relied much more on the pass than the Ravens. But Joe Burrow has nearly 400 more yards than Lamar Jackson. Now, their completion percentage is, is near the same, but Joe Burrow, he, he has been much more deadly in the pass game. And I mean, he's young. Lamar Jackson is, is, still, is still not an old quarterback, only in, what, his third year, I believe? Um, but... Joe Burrow has been able to pass the ball much more effectively than Lamar Jackson. And, with that said, defenses have to respect the Ravens' run game more than the Bengals' run game. I mean, the Bengals have a good run game, but the Ravens have a deadly run game. And so, with that said, Joe Burrow is still being able to do all this without an absolute respect for the run game, whereas that's a luxury that Lamar Jackson absolutely has. It's a really interesting matchup that we have here on Sunday when you mention that because, you know... The Ravens, uh, you could argue they're the most talented team in the league. Their quarterback's really good. Their running, their running game is excellent. They have a great offensive line. Their defense from the line to the secondary at all three levels is incredible. Uh, the Bengals, I mean, they they are a much more talented team. Now, we talk, we look at last year's games. Whew, I mean, and here's the thing too: it took the Ravens like six weeks to really gel offensively and defensively last year. When they played the Bengals, you can say, well, the Bengals only lost that game by six. Don't let that score fool you. I was at that game at M&T Bank Stadium, and what I remember was Lamar Jackson just simply ran all over the Bengals' defense. Lamar Jackson's numbers from that game. Ready for this? 
19 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown run. He was also in that game 21 of 33 for 236. The Ravens had nearly 200 more yards of offense than the Bengals did. And a majority of the Bengals' yards, I think the Bengals ran for like 16 rushing yards in that game, or Joe Mixon had like 10 carries for 16 yards that game. A majority of the Bengals' yards came from Andy Dalton. And oh, by the way, they only had one offensive touchdown that game, and Andy Dalton also threw an interception in the, in the ends. And so it's interesting how that game was so close, and the Bengals maybe were a few plays here and there from winning that game. But what I saw, what I saw on that field was the Ravens were a much, much more better team. The Bengals looked looked like they didn't belong on that field. The second game was, it was. I mean, the Bengals actually played halfway decent in that game, believe it or not. If you look at the numbers, and Joe Mixon had like 30 carries in that game for 100-some yards. But where the Ravens won that game was two fourth-down misses by the Bengals in the second half and a pick six. That's 21 points. Bengals scored 13. It could have been actually a lot closer than what it was. But again, Preston, like I said, the Ravens are a very opportunistic team. But if they don't have opportunities... And you mentioned earlier, if, you, if we if the Bengals take care of the football, this is a winnable game. Absolutely. And I think that this is a very, as you said, very interesting game. And I absolutely would agree with that. And don't get me wrong, we're going to be pulling for the Bengals. We're obviously talking about the Bengals a lot. The Ravens are the better team. I mean, we're, I'm not even going to joke, kid around, joke myself about that. The Ravens are the better team. They are oh, yeah. very talented. Obviously the better team. Much better. But the better team doesn't always win the football game. And if you can take away what they want to do, which is gain opportunities through the defense, um, creating a short field for the offense, and really just if they, if they can really push the run, then that, that's, that's, a, that's a huge hit to the Bengals. But something that I want to mention, and I, I said a little bit in the last show, um, is the Bengals... Obviously, you don't want to get blown out. Getting blown out is, is, is bad in any way. I mean, it, it takes away a lot of momentum. But other than that one aspect, the Bengals have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. If they lose this game, okay, we, we just lost to one of the better teams of the NFL. If, you, if the Bengals can somehow, through what we've talked about, and can pull off the upset in this game, whoa. I mean, it is, it is eye-opening for the whole nation, the, all NFL fans. The Bengals beat the Ravens. Or even if they can hang in this game, it's a little bit eye-opening to everybody. Like, wow, the, ba- the Bengals are not the team that they were last year. And I think for that very reason, they have nothing to lose. You go into this game, just play. You know what's also interesting, Preston, is two years ago when this whole Lamar Jackson experiment began. And yeah, I just called it an experiment because it kind of still is. Um... So his first start came against the Bengals. And I have the numbers from the and that game was ugh man, that was hard watching that game. Justin and I were watching that game at Buffalo Wild Wings and well first, first I can tell you the story from that day. We were at some place where you couldn't even hear the broadcast of the game, so I'm like, we were at Keystone Bar and Grill and I said, Yeah, let's just go to B dubs where the acoustics are better. So we did that. Um and, but anyway, the story from that game is Lamar Jackson in his first career start against the Bengals. Uh, first career start ever. He 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 was uh, passing. I'll, I'll say the passing numbers first for a reason. Thirteen of nineteen for one hundred and fifty yards and an interception. 
He ran the ball seven more times than he threw it. 26 carries, 119 yards. The Ravens, I think, had 250-someone yards on the ground in that game. <sighs> um, ever since then, though, okay, I mean, think about, the, think about what's happened since then. The Ravens were 4-5. and five. John Harbaugh's on the hot seat. If the Ravens lose that game, he might be fired after that game. Instead, he's now the reigning coach of the year. Lamar Jackson's now the reigning NFL MVP. The Bengals since then have won a grand total of four games. But they've been playing better. Much better, particularly this season. They look like a football team, a competitive football team, the Bengals do. So it's interesting to me how what's, what's happened since then is the Ravens have completely taken over the league and the Bengals virtually went from, you know, a middle-of-the-pack team to virtual to almost irrelevant after last year. But as you say, Preston, if the Bengals go, even if they just go in there and play competitively, if they lose, I don't know, 31-21, that's going to draw some attention. Now, they, now, there's already some attention on the Bengals because of how great Joe Burrow has been through the first few weeks of the season, and now Joe Mixon's coming off a great game. If you hang with the Ravens, they're going to be like, okay, the gap is closing. The Ravens are by far the better team. I completely, Preston, agree with you on that. The Ravens are by far or the better team in this game, by on paper and on the field. But if the Bengals show, you know, competitiveness, if the stats are close, if the score is close, then yes, maybe the tide is changing just a little bit. Now, if, now if the Bengals come out and they win on Sunday, pull off the upset, whew, man. But you can't celebrate for long because you got the Colts coming up, and they could be a four and one football team. You know what else is interesting too? So the Browns go into Baltimore week one, right? Mm-hmm. And they get smoked. I'm like, Ravens are the best team in the league. Browns are overrated. They stink. It's all coming apart for Cleveland. There's going to be, you know, they're going to bash one sports talk on Friday after the Bengals go up to Cleveland and win. All the Browns have done since then is win, 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 no matter what. Three and one. They have beaten, you know, they, you know, the win over Dallas, great. Dallas is so overrated, please. Mm-hmm. So, I I said I said to people last night, whoever I said to Browns fans last night, the 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 game at the Ravens was a fluke, because the Browns have now found their identity. That game woke them up. They found their identity, and the Ravens are they really that great, or are they just a really good football team that scare you because they're so fast and they're so athletic? But really, they're a beatable team. And I, I truly feel like, you know, the gap between, you know, the talent level between the Ravens and the Bengals this year is significantly closer than it was in the two games between these two teams last year. When you look at athleticism and you look at this Ravens team, I think that they are the most athletic team in the NFL. I think that if you let this team get rolling, they're, they're probably not going to stop. I mean, that is, this is a team that you have to contain because of just how much athleticism they have. They have an insane amount of athleticism, especially in their skilled positions. They have an offensive line that can block, and they have just a, a ball-hawking athletic defense. I mean, they're just athletic all over the board. It's, it's, really, it's really insane when you look at it, how much athletes they have. You're right, and you know, that's why I say it. they might be the most talented team in the league. Um, and, and think about this. like Marquise Brown, he has otherworldly potential. When healthy, that guy can fly. I mean, name me, I said this with Sean on our show on Wednesday, you know, 
Outside of Julio Jones and Tyree Kill, name me a receiver with the speed that Marquise Brown has. I don't think you can. I, I simply don't think you Tory Tory Smith was like that with the Ravens on their Super Bowl team back in 2012. But I mean I mean Marquise Brown is I mean he he and Devin Duvernay with the speed that they have, good luck to William Jackson and Darius Phillips. Yeah, and then obviously, I mean, you got Mark Andrews at tight end, who's who's nothing to take. I mean, you, you have to watch out for Mark Andrews too. I mean, that's that, that, it's it's tough. The other thing is, like, I, I think about Mark, yeah, Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. I mean, those guys. I, I watched. There was a touchdown last week for the Ravens at Washington. Mark Andrews is lined up at the right on the right side of the line, tight end, and they're twenty yards from the end zone. He goes, you know, across the middle, all the way to the other side of the field in the end zone. So Lamar Jackson has figured out, you know. The connections with his tight ends. But here's the problem. And the Chiefs had this problem for years. The Chiefs went one year without a wide receiver scoring a touchdown. If you can believe that. That happened. Okay. But what the Chiefs finally did was they drafted receivers. Tyree Kill. Sammy Watkinson coming over in free agency. Demarcus Robinson. Nicole Hardman. You're seeing that the Chiefs are now utilizing their wide receivers. That's what great teams do. Okay. I, I would say that the Ravens, uh, the Ravens, when you combine offense, defense, and special teams, are the most athletic team. Heck, their punter is seven for seven throwing, throwing on fake punts. Sam Cook. Now he's been in the league for years, but I still think Kansas City is the most athletic offense in the NFL, strictly because, you know, Mahomes when he's not able to, Mahomes can throw. Okay, he's not a he's not a run first quarterback. Neither is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was maybe originally, but or initially, he's not now. I think about the Ravens. I think about the Ravens' athleticism last year. Think about. I remember when I was preparing, when I was looking at their schedule going into the last season, the weeks three through like three through twelve, maybe three through fourteen. Here are the teams that they played: Kansas City, Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Weren't very good. Seattle, New England, Cincinnati again, Houston, LA, San Francisco, and Buffalo. Those are not scrubby teams. And the Ravens, like, there was a stretch from weeks 7 through 12 last year. They beat Seattle, I think it was like 30 to 13 or 30 to 20. I think it was 30 to 13. They beat New England by 17 on Sunday Night Football. That's when we took notice. They beat the Bengals by 36, expected. Last year, Texans 41-7, and then the Rams 45-6 because their athleticism on all facets of the game. But if you take away one part of their game, eh. Yeah, I mean, if, if, like I mentioned it a little bit earlier, and obviously in containment, the defensive ends play a huge role. And I think that containing Lamar Jackson... Limiting the rush game. You're not going to stop their rush game. Hopefully you can limit it. <laughs> limiting the rush game. If you can do that, that, that weakens this offense just exponentially. It really opens so many doors um, for the defense, for the offense on the other side getting the ball back. That If you can just limit their rush game, you have a great chance. We talk about you know not making it easy for your opponent. It looked effortless for the Ravens last year. It looked easy for them last year to run the football on the Bengals. But as you say, Preston, if you, if, if you make them earn 
their run, if you make them earn every single yard, eventually you can wear them down. The problem is the problem with the rave. The problem with the Ravens that poses a problem for the Bengals is their ability to have clock killing drives. Not only are they not only are they are they this quick scoring team, quick drive team. They can also hold the ball for nine minutes. In late game situations, that's going to be really crucial because. Joe Burrow, as we have seen, can move the ball against good defenses. I saw it against LA. We saw it against LA. The Browns eventually they eventually they got around the pass rush. Their secondary is not very good. I will say that. I think the I think Joe Burrow has the potential. He, he went up against SEC defenses last year. He went up against Alabama and Tuscaloosa and Georgia in the SEC championship game. And they put up 46 and 30, and he put up 46 and 37 points respectively in those two games, and over three and over 300 yards in each of them. He's faced he's faced great defenses before. Look at all the players who get drafted by Alabama and Georgia from Alabama and Georgia. He's used to this. He's used to this. Just saying. Yeah, and I mean, so that's we we talked about it at the beginning of the show. The most important. Part of this game is going to be the offensive line. If you can, because if you can give Joe Burrow time, Joe Burrow will find the open receiver. That's something he does. He doesn't really make dumb decisions. He finds the open receiver. He makes a good throw. I mean, that's something that obviously we saw in college, and that's something that through the first uh, four weeks, we we saw him really not even skip a beat from college. If he gets time and he has an open man, he's going to hit him. He's missed very few receivers, and that's something that he's going to have to continue to do. Because you can't miss an opportunity when you're trying to pull off an upset. If you have an opportunity in a football game, especially when you're the the lesser team, you have to take full advantage. Um, Joe Mixon's going to have to take full advantage this week in the run game. He's going to have to be be pretty spectacular. Joe Burrow's going to have to not miss throws, and then obviously the offensive line is where it all where the, where the key is held. If you if the offensive line can block, if they can open holes for Joe Mixon. This could be a really good game. Now, this is an offensive line that played better last week, obviously, against the Jags. They they have to continue to pour it on this week. They have to be a good offensive line this week to allow this offense to keep the Bengals in this game and hopefully win in the end. You're right. You're absolutely right. And this game is so much more than just, you know, stop the run, whatever. It's It's about complimentary football. It's... Can Joe Burrow and the offense, you know, have these sustained drives to score touchdowns to keep the defense off the field? It's can they, you know, limit the Ravens and their clock killing drives? There's, I mean, there's so much more to this game than just the simple keys of X's and O's, stop the run, whatever. It's about, you know, win the time of possession, uh, limit the turnovers. I mean, this is where, I mean, this is where, you know, coaching, coaching matters and situations matter. This is that kind of game. This is that kind of game. The Browns game, it was okay. Use your talent the best. This game, it's coaching best in situations and, you know, just winning time of possession and the turnover battle. Two areas that are important but aren't the first things the casual fans look at in the box score. Absolutely. I think that the turnover battle is huge. I mean, you mentioned that. I think it the turnover is when we play the Ravens. Exactly. It all, especially for the Ravens. Anybody that's playing the Ravens, the turnover battle is huge because we talked about them t- 
taking advantage of so many opportunities, the turnover battle is going to be huge. I mean, you can't, when you are trying to pull off an upset, especially in the NFL where, I mean, we're, they're all pros, everybody knows, every, everybody's a pro football player, you can't make a mistake against the t- against a team that's better. You, it's t- you can't make many. You're obviously going to make mistakes. You can't make many mistakes, especially the big ones, especially against a team that's going to take advantage of so many opportunities. If you give Lamar Jackson this offense enough chances, they will explode. You're right. You, you can't give them chances. You have to limit their opportunities. And that's where the turnover battle comes in, and it's time of possession. That's, exact, that's exactly where this game is going to be won. It's two areas where they could be. we got about three and a half minutes left. Um, score predictions for Sunday. I think that the Bengals come out in this game very motivated. The Bengals come out in this game with momentum. They're ready to go. As we talked about, they have nothing really to lose. I think that the, in the first half, the Bengals might even be winning at halftime. It's going to be a close game. With that said, I think the Ravens are going to be able to, to handle this game in the end. I think that they end up at the end of the game running away just a little bit. I have the Ravens 37, Bengals 24 in this game. 37-24. I, I mean, I think that's how this game is going to be played. I think the Ravens will come out fast. I just don't, I just don't think this Bengals defense is quite there yet. Look, they held Jacksonville, who's a good running team, to 89 yards rushing. That's the Jaguars, okay? This is mm-hmm. the Ravens. And the Ravens are on a whole another level when it comes to running the football than the Jaguars. And what their run game is able to do, when, it, when we talk about open up their pass game and just make life easy for the, for Lamar Jackson and their defense, I, the, the, the key is very simple, but the Bengals' defense isn't there yet to, <clears throat> to you know actually unlock it. I think the Ravens come out fast. I think they come out strong. But I think the Bengals' offense hangs around. I think I, I don't think this is game I don't think this game is like any of the games last year. When I say that, I think the stats will be a little more even. I think the score is gonna be a little more even. In the end, I think the Ravens are are still a better team. I can't quite pick the Bengals to win this game yet. Or beat the Ravens just yet. So I'm gonna go 31-21. Ravens get the win, but we feel really good about the Bengals and the direction they're heading. And that makes the Colts game a really must-win game. Absolutely. I mean I think that this game, if the Bengals are able to stand, stand in there, hold their ground, that is that is it, it just it, it's it'd be so exciting just to see that, just to see them with so much young potential, be able to be the team that is able to hang with the Ravens, um, and, and it just opens eyes. And then obviously, if this game is lost, which I mean, it's not a bad loss whatsoever, but then yeah, it makes the Colts game a must win. I mean, it's it's as big as a must win as the sixth game of the season could be if you lose this game. That's it for today's preview show. Huge critical game on Sunday. He's Preston Stobar. I'm Alex Frank. The Bengals and the Ravens kick it off Sunday at 1 o'clock. CBS on TV, ESPN 1530, 102.7 WEBN, and 700 WOW on radio. Preston, you and I will be back here. Justin, I think, is going to join us on Monday for the reaction show. So, We will see you all then. Enjoy the game, who day, and uh, just maybe. Just maybe. Thank you for listening.